0: Hey guys, welcome to NARPS, the podcast about exploring the nuances of Black womanhood and life after collegiate sports.
1: Together, Jazz and Camille exercise a little bit less and adult a little bit more. Hey guys, welcome back to NARPS. Hey guys. So today we are going to be exploring the topic of how do NARPS live in their bodies? Yeah, I think
0: it's a very good question and I can't wait to talk about it because we have a lot to go through.
1: All right, so let's warm up then. Okay, let's go. (laughs) So, how did you experience living in your body? Um, I think as an athlete, your relationship with your body is very much so an expression of yourself and it's very closely tied to your identity as a person. So for me, um, I can't say that I struggled really with body issues as an athlete because um, I had like the ideal body for the sport that I was in. I was always really, like, skinny, but I was, like, toned. I was muscular. Um, I honestly didn't really have to work hard to have, like, a core. Like, my friends would be doing core every night, every night. I'd be like, ooh, could six. it be me? So <laughs> the I know was already there. Yeah, I know that their cores were stronger than mine, but it looked like mine were stronger. <laughs> so I was finessing at practice because I was like, oh, no, I'm good, coach. <laughs> so my... You know, relationship with my body was I think very much so because it was the way that I performed, it was the way that I viewed myself as a woman. Um, and I don't even think it was conscious like that but as I've kind of stepped out of it, I've realized how closely linked <laughs> those two things were. Yeah,
0: I'm happy you had a good experience when you started off because I kind of had the alternate experience with, I guess, it was just pl- I, how you were talking about your body type, everybody that I ran track with at least on my personal team, had your body type. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit more stocky. Like, I look like a sprinter. I clearly, it's just, it is what it is. I mm-hmm. mean, um, I wasn't always comfortable with that. I think sometimes female athletes are very hyper-sexualized because their physique is the ideal, right? Definitely. But you also need to consider that that is somebody's actual body. Um, so unfortunately, I had an experience where a coach Like kind of Mm -hmm. criticized my body, and I—that's—I was gonna quit track in the ninth grade. Like I was doing cross country. Like I was clearly this was not my. This is not my ministry. This is not my ministry. (laughs) I should not. I think we did it for like you know training in the beginning. What is it called? I forgot. Fall training. Yeah, fall training or just conditioning in the beginning of the year, which is fine. But the competitor, the competitor in me, always wanted to give my best. But it's like, honey, I was already no. It wasn't for me. So, unfortunately, that planted a seed that kind of just has continued and morphed into its own thing. But over the years, I've been able to, like, pull it back. Um, But, yeah, I do think it's still important to understand your body as just freedom of expression and just movement. Because it's probably one of the few places where your body is still... It's beautiful, and you can get to see it in different ways and what you can do with it. So it's very important to have good uh, sense of self with your body.
1: So in the workout today, our objective is to make sure that we're kind of exploring the nuances and how the experiences that we have had have created irrational thoughts. Well. (laughs) And how we can kind of combat those a little bit. Um, And so I'll kind of get into my experience with my body post-college because I'm very kind of fresh to that. Um, I've had a really tough time. I think, you know, for me, body issues, like I said before, weren't really a thing. And now as I'm transitioning out of being an athlete, my body has never had this much estrogen. I haven't really worked out in like two years. Like I had stints when I was working out before. Um, but not really. And so I've always just been very healthy. I've always eaten really well. And then when I stopped running, I was like, Oh, baby. (laughs) I started wilding, and so, but now you know I don't think I look really that much different. I mean, I might not be as toned, but like I have difficulty like walking past a mirror and like looking at myself without picking at my skin, or you know, I go home and like I know people say it to be nice, but it's like having people constantly point out to you that like your body looks different. Like my grandma, she looked at me, she said, "Oh, baby, you so healthy." I said, "Grandma, <laughs> I know what healthy means to you, and I don't want that for me." <laughs>
0: That's a good point, because. It's, it's, it's a thing that you have to balance because you know what healthy is and means to you, but to everybody else is like, be quiet girl, you're fine. And it's like, I get that for you, <laughs> but you have to understand for me, mm-mm.
1: and I think it's kind of extended beyond just like my physical appearance for me. Well, I know for a fact it has extended beyond my physical appearance just because when I was competing at the highest level, I'm training all the time. The only aches and pains I ever felt in my body were from competing. Yeah. Like I never felt like pain in my side from just living life. Like I've never just like woken up and been sore just cause you was doing whatever you were doing. Right, heels, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, whatever. And so now as I'm transitioning into adulthood and I will say just like openly that I struggle a lot with anxiety and my like issues with my body has definitely developed into just like this health anxiety of, like, always being concerned, am I actually healthy, is this pain something I need to go to the doctor for, <laughs> like, is my organs shutting down, like, like or why were I you just th- sleeping wrong when you took a nap, or was I just sleeping wrong, or am I just, like, so anxious that I'm making things up in my head, yeah, because I've never felt my body in this state before, I've never felt, you know, anything, yeah. before,
0: it's weird, because I think it all, in one way or another, stems from control, that we, that was a part of, even though it is it is very challenging to be an athlete across the board, but that's something that you had control over, right? Mm-hmm. And because you we were working out all the time, it wasn't something that I considered as much as I do now or did once I graduated. So I just made a promise to myself when I did graduate that I was like, I'm going to chill for the first three months. Like I owed that to myself to just – I was a jumper. My shins was dead. <laughs> my ankles would toe up. I could, like – get my toes done, and it's like, it lasted. Mm -hmm. So just, like, I was enjoying, like, being in a new city, just being in a new space, and, like, I just honestly didn't have the time. And I think what helped me get back into it was... I lived with roommates that wanted to work out, so I kind of was like their trainer, Mm -hmm. and like it helped me work out, and I felt better because the FUPA was, I don't, I call it a FUPA, but it's really not even a FUPA, but. you got a little pouch. Yeah, you just noticed the changes. I was just staring at mine. Exactly, and it's like, (laughs) no, you you can't live here, you can't move in, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's just like that balance, Um, but once I started it back, it was really easy, I think the hardest part is starting, and I. Kinda had to, fight, cause I'm allergic to track. I don't even go next to the track. I'm highly allergic <laughs> to any track, especially at UCLA and USC. Like I just, <laughs> I look down when I have to pass it, and um, yeah, the gym just didn't work for me. I started. I do like lifting weights, but it just wasn't as fun because I didn't have the team aspect. Track is one of those sports where you get to still hang out with the guys and girls, Mm -hmm. right? And you're all probably lifting together or on similar times. So when I had to go to the gym and make my own work, it just wasn't fun. So I would just go on the treadmill and leave because I just, no, I don't have the energy and I don't want to waste my time watching other people that don't know how to lift, lift. (laughs) They got Converse on? Yeah, just like, what are you doing? Like That's not how that bar works, but okay. (laughs) So a medium for like, a balance for me was going to the beach a lot helped a lot i would just run in the sand because my, my knees are bad <laughs> um and I, now i love like just body
1: weight workouts and plyos like that is my shush so i hope to someday get to this point mm-hmm. i think for me like i said before because so much of my experience with my body is like so mental i did not like disclaimer by the this general let me give you guys some backstory okay <laughs> my last collegiate race was our our dual meet, and I stopped running at hurdle seven. It might have been six, it was kind of early, um, because I was crying and hyperventilating while I was running, and I just stopped, and I sat in the middle of the track and I cried because I just had such like a tumultuous, we'll use that word, a, 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 it was just like an, an expression of everything that I'd felt like I'd put into the sport that didn't give me anything back. Mm. So when I finished running, I feel triggered. Sorry. I was like, there is no way in hell I'ma lift the weight. I said like, my my Achilles hurts, my shin hurts, my heart hurts. I can't. I couldn't even walk past a track without crying. And like I'm not even saying that to be funny. Like literally, when I would walk near it, it would make me emotional. Yeah. And so because of that, I was not working out at all. I was like, I'm not doing anything that I ever associated to the sport because. It, I can't even watch my friends compete without like crying. Yeah, silently in the corner. I mean, it's like
0: yeah, like you said, it's really psychological, and I mean that's why I'm allergic to it now because <laughs> it was, it was, it's such an unhealthy relationship. Nobody, nobody's on the track, <laughs> nobody's running. I cannot look at those eight the lanes smell. and don't put me in I I I don't know how I go to the beach because I really don't like sand anymore. From jumping down. Yeah, it. it's
1: just it's in my socks, it's in my <laughs> shoes, it's everywhere. But. And so for me, because I I took like such a stark like turn, like a lot of athletes will finish and they'll find like cute little ways to work out. when I was working out, I was training or I was not working out. And that was that. So it's like, when I did finally, I'd be like, oh, like Jasmine, like you should probably start working out just to maintain it. But I would get in the gym, I'm trying to do intervals on the treadmill. Why am I doing 30 seconds on 30 seconds off on the (laughs) treadmill? Cause we're militant. And so, and that in itself, I just told you guys a little bit of my experience. Triggered my anxiety because yeah. I mean, I would be so stressed about hitting times that didn't exist because I wasn't training for nothing. I would be so <laughs> stressed about recovery if I was like if I told myself my recovery was 45 seconds, girl, you two months out, your recovery is not 45 seconds. If I hit a minute, it would like it would ruin my day and it would make me feel so bad about myself. And then I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, not only can you not hit your times, you get a little thick, <laughs> and your grandma said you healthy and that you spread it. <laughs> You look crazy.
0: So, I feel triggered because <laughs> when I'm competing, walk like if,
1: if I started like racing people walking across don't the street. My friends and I, I've been make everything At competition, the we were getting packages, yeah. we all lived together, I was like, oh, I'm gonna get more packages. Than you them. know, it's <laughs> just like,
0: why am I racing this person that probably does not do any sport up the steps and feeling but like I beat you? Like it's just, <laughs> it's too much and I didn't wanna do that anymore and I didn't wanna like, have the same goals like I was running track but I wasn't Mm -hmm. but it's hard to turn off
1: and I think because of that experience I know that we're probably not alone in that every athlete a lot of athletes experience this transition of like you either luck out and you're like let me keep working out and be healthy or it's like I don't want to do this at all ever again and that's where I was at and because of that like I said your body changes when you're not doing what you used to do to it yeah and I would constantly compare myself to how I looked when I was 16 correct so like I'm 21 years old now. I stopped looking at the pictures because
0: it, it, it gets bad. And it's like, mm, you should give yourself the chance to enjoy your body because I'm sure people that are older than you are just like, it's a weird place to be because you're probably fine, but you don't think so because you've seen what your A++ body looks like and feels like, and the aches and pains that you feel are just
1: because you probably got a bed sore. Or you Let me know, really get into this for a second, though, because I try to tell people this. I do not think that your body is the healthiest when you compete. I was hurting when I was competing. Hurting. But I think for me, because there was a, like a conscious reason behind it, it made it easier for me. You're I used okay. to tell my mom all the time that like after I stopped running and I just stopped doing everything, that my body felt better. But now I'm at a point where I'm getting a little thick. And I'm like, I don't like the way this looks. And now I'm creating aches and pains that don't exist. Does that make sense? Fair. So OK.
0: How long have you been on a break or like is, has it been a little spotty? It's and, definitely been spotty. Okay, so whenever you do start, what like where do you think you're gonna go? Are you gonna do your own workouts or are you gonna like try to do a program that cause there are so many programs out there and I don't think there's one for one. Like just because it like there's a lot of Instagram athletes <laughs> and I just I just don't know. I'm like there's so many people that are Promoting health or wellness—they're lying to y'all, by the way.
1: I, they're just taking pictures, and I'm like. Mm. I mean, some of them like actually work out, but like A they don't have actually. personal trainers themselves. Facts, and they don't know what they're talking about. So Correct. don't just listen to what these people are saying. You cannot only work out your glutes; you need to work out your hamstrings. Everything straight. and drink water, <laughs>
0: and you need to like that's really half of it. And give yourself time. Like it's important, just because I'm like I said, four years removed now, I appreciate letting my woman body come in. Like. Letting the front come in, letting the back come in. Because then, when you start there, then you know what to work on. Yeah. Like you literally just can't do the booty just because everybody's doing butt, and then your arms are weak. So how are you supposed to do this planks, sis? <laughs> you need both. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I think it's important. I just started working out. I just, I think I can run to warm up,
1: but I'm not running
0: anymore. Like, why?
1: I think for me, I'm at a stage where I'm really learning how to just like be kind to myself. Yeah. And I know that that sounds very broad so let me I guess get into it a little more. Um I really am having a tough time. Like in real time. Like when you're listening to this, I probably will still be having hopefully a better time. But like right now it's something that like I've really struggled with. Like not being able to fit my clothes. Like I was like a two my whole life. I got I went to four and I was ready to throw up. <laughs> I was like Jasmine this is like what are we doing?
0: I was yeah, I I was always a six and baby I
1: even, I never met eight. I went to ten. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. Oh. And like for me, it's just like experiencing my friends who stopped competing. They got super small. I got a little thicker. And experiencing the way that men talk to me differently because I look different than I looked before. Like having my old teammates come up to me and be like, Jazz, you look good now. Don't touch me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch me. And I don't want to talk to you. And so I'm at a stage, because I think before you were going to ask me, like, when am I going to transition if I am like into back into working out? I'm at a stage now where I really want to be kind to myself and really just like learn the new form of my body. Mm-hmm. I used to hate yoga. I really get into think it, that I'm ready to get into just like the feeling of just like my body and get relaxing. It. I don't want to lift a bar. No. I will at some point but i just want to get into like learning what my new body feels like and you know the nature of the lifestyle that i have i work from home and so i spend all my time at home by myself minimal activity uh, cuz like i'm not driving outside of la cuz then i got to pay for parking <laughs> and then i got to pay for parking so the only walking i'm doing is if i parked 4 blocks over because bring i wasn't in, yeah, mm-hmm. bringing it back to your house yeah Got you. And so I'm still trying to learn how to transition and adapt my lifestyle in a way that like, I feel like I'm active. Because even when I wasn't running at school, I was always out at school. Yeah.
0: And especially, I'm sure you probably, or I don't know if you have already, but just walking on campus is still exercise. And now that you're not on campus, just the lift is different in the back. (laughs) But like, you have to consider those things. But I, like I said before... Across sports, but especially track, there is a very toxic relationship that you have. So once you're trying to, I'm just trying to have a healthy relationship with my body, especially. Yoga is amazing. Mm -hmm. I hated yoga when I did it in college. Like, looking back, my coach specifically, shout out to Coach Jackson, he was really, like, progressive and ahead of the time. But I'm like, sir, I had to wake up at 5 a.m. to lift. You want me to go in the pool and wet my weave. And then you want me to go to the track. And then you want me to go to yoga? You gotta pick one. So, like, yoga, I honestly would fall asleep. But now, like, I do appreciate it. And I think everybody should at least try it. But do you have any sports that you want to
1: try? No. no. I don't like sports. <laughs> if we're going to be really honest here, y'all, I don't like that. I think because for me, again, I'm being very open here, I had a horrible experience at UCLA as an athlete. Like piss poor. Talk about it. No no. Not only within like my own experience but watching and it's not even just UCLA, it was just like the system of the NCAA, you know, we can get into my activism later. Brackle. But I just it's very difficult for me to watch people play sports and not feel a sense of anxiety or a sense of like something really like triggers inside of me. And I'm not even trying to be dramatic, like it makes me emotional. So I just had to like I had to take a step back. So now I can like enjoy a UCLA football game or like watch a UCLA basketball game because before literally any association to collegiate athletics would make me feel sick.
0: Yeah, I feel that, I feel the same way. I work in sports television right now and I love it. It's it's definitely has helped me enjoy my work and I don't feel triggered. Now I'm just like, I just want whoever can help this game finish first so I can go home. (laughs) So I have a much better relationship, but it's like I watch sports all day for a living, mm-hmm. so it can be problematic if you haven't developed a healthy relationship with it or your bodies, because now you're always around student athletes that are at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. and you just in the back watching with your fupa. And you're just never going to feel better. But And you think about how you looked when you were 17 exactly. and a half. Exactly. And it's, <laughs> no, you're 26 now. Let yeah. it go. But, yeah, I've, I definitely have a better relationship with my body. I like that you're already thinking about yoga because I definitely wasn't thinking about that when I was your age. But yoga helps. We live in L.A., so we have the benefit of hiking. Just doing stuff, and if you are going to still be in athletic spaces, and enjoy it. So I think that helps.
1: So for the cool down, then why don't you give us a few tips about figuring out what to do with your body?
0: Okay, so tip number one: you need to let go of that. Im- like you need to break up with the image of whatever your ideal body was before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For me, it helped not to look at pictures of like immediately after I got like I couldn't look at photos of myself before just because I ain't even looking at my face or where I was. I'm looking at That's my what face. And that my tricep, yeah. the you know. Cut. Whew. It's coming back now. Like it, it just took me a while. Like I just couldn't look at my former pictures anymore, just because it was just too soon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely think just break up with the idea mentally of that being the standard of what you need to look like to feel good. Because it's like give your like give yourself time. Because your new body, I love it. You just get to experience it without being resentful. Because you can't be you. You end up being mad at yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's tip number one. And two, of course everybody's, like you said, sometimes when you stop running track, you lose your definition. And and like you can get smaller if you wanted muscle or it can go either way, but just your food, like just figure out what food group you just wanna be consistent in and like let the rest of it go. But like balance between your food is also a helpful tip with like just balancing how your body changes
1: post-college. I think for me, um, I have a few tips. I think that you don't really realize how much like your body does affect your mood. And like I said, again, like so much of my body issues, I mean, all of them are very mental. Um, And so I it took a long time for me to reach a point like for me, a lot of coping with my anxiety was eating really bad food, like really bad food. And Because it, it would just make me feel full. I'd go to sleep and it would be great. Right. And then that milkshake is sitting on top of you. But Yeah. And then the in and out, the taco trucks, everything is now on, sticking to me. So now I have anxiety about my coping mechanism that was supposed to help me with my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And So I would say a few tips that I have is one, go outside. Go for a walk. Just moving your body definitely makes you feel better about it. Um, And then being patient and being really kind to yourself, but not kind in the sense of like one of those Instagram things that you throw up in your story and you're like, be kind to yourself. (laughs) But be kind in the fact that, in in understanding that you're transforming and that your body is really special and that it's really strong and that it's really capable. Um, I've had a psychologist for a while now. And one of the things that my psychologist (laughs) always tells me is she's just like, your body is built to transform with you. And it's it's a reflection of your life, and that you can't live life without the imprint of living, and that was something that was really special for me to hear because you know I would wear my hurdle scars proudly. I would wear. I had a hurdle scar on my shoulder. I'd be like, Yeah, you want to hear about my hurdle scar on my shoulder? I'm pissed at all my scars because it has fucked up my legs. <laughs> but I think that because I I'm am so comfortable wearing those that I'm not comfortable with like the stretch mark. Yeah. I'm not comfortable. That is also a testament to kind of my story, and so and so it's teaching yourself to kind of reframe instead of focusing on all the things your body is doing bad. Think about all the things that it's doing. Right. Like it's breathing right now. Like I can see your body's like, resilient. And it's working. We don't give ourselves enough credit. Yeah. I like your. T- Do you have another one? Um, yeah, my last one is um, adjusting your social media because I think, especially when you're an athlete, you follow other athletes. Your explore page looks like just like the gym all the time and even following celebrities and different stuff like that. I mean, people say it all the time that social media isn't real, but it is real to you and it is, can be the reality that you live in. And so um, I actually went through my like Instagram a few days ago and I unfollowed everybody that I didn't know. So I unfollow like, 500 people, even if they were celebrities, like, whatever, because I don't know you, like, I'm trying to reframe and reestablish my relationship with social media, because people just say, like, delete it, and it's, like, it's not as easy in the world that we live in, Right. and so reestablishing your relationship and redefining it and reframing it, I think, is a much easier method to go about. So just go on your Instagram and unfollow people that you don't know, or unfollow people whose bodies you like. Or just take a break, (laughs) like, you know, we're very different in that
0: way, like anybody that knows me, they think I'm a dinosaur. I just never, (laughs) I don't care. Like I genuinely do not care what people are doing on the internet. So in that way, I've never had the reinforcement of experiencing like everything we talk about with having such an emphasis on that. Cause I do think that can just add add a whole nother level that luckily for me, just my personality, like I just don't care. Mm -hmm. So I didn't experience it like you, but yeah, that is a good point. Like do not Yeah, like, if I'm all for taking breaks from it, I think it will do you no wrong.
1: Well, I think, you know, for me, the the idea of readjusting and reframing it is because the age that we live in, social media, is a lot of people's jobs. Yeah. Like, it's important for you to know what's going on. It's one of my jobs. Um, And so in order for me to do my job effectively, I want to be able to do my job and not feel bad about myself while I'm doing my job. Yeah. And so you kind of have to make adjustments to that. So I think I forgot. So
0: I think if I can remember my second tip that I wanted to add. But the first one, um, an added one was like, you also need to get rid of your clothes. Like, pick, I, I think it. That's a good tip, actually. Figure out what you, like, what are, like, you know, just like your trophies and like everything. It's okay to let some of it go, cause one, you can't fit it no way. <laughs> So it's just, you're just going to be or mad. Or when you put it on, you're thinking about how it used to fit. Exactly. And it doesn't fit like that because you're not that size anymore. That's and exactly. the colors aren't. It's faded anyway. <laughs> so either you're going to put it in a frame. But it's like, it's okay to let some of your gear go. Or maybe keep it for your kids or just later on or give it like something. But if you are going to keep it, don't wear it anymore. Because it's still tied to that identity of who you were. And it's okay if you want to try it on, be nostalgic for a little bit. But I think keeping the clothes, because that's how I most like it came for me in that way like I was still in a hyper-athletic space working at UCLA and seeing everybody in their gear and then I wanted to wear my gear because I have no clothes (laughs) all I wore was athletic gear
1: throw the hoodie out and put the tights down exactly put like
0: (laughs) pick one if you don't wear the t-shirt you don't gotta wear the t-shirt the tights and the socks (laughs) you gotta pick one so yeah recommendation is to like just let some some of your old competition wear
1: go that's a really good advice, actually. I, I will let you guys know the first thing I did at UCLA was throw away all of that. <laughs> so you can't find an inkling of it. Honestly, go to your local Goodwill if you live Drop in Los it Angeles. Off. There's a uniform in there somewhere if you want some. <laughs> I did not even return them. I'm sorry, Nate. That was our equipment. I really like Nate. Though. Um, <laughs> so one sentence. I like this being kind of like our ending. Mm-hmm. How do NARPs live in their bodies? How do NARPs live in their bodies?
0: I think narps are living in their bodies with a lot of tension and i don't think that's helpful to like you trying to build and have a better appreciation for your body but i hope that with this podcast and just with this episode specifically that you learn to adjust and be more unapologetic about where you are because It's like your body on Monday is not your body. Like it's going to change on Tuesday. So like allow your body to change and be unapologetic.
1: I think NARPs live in their bodies by making the distinction of who they are as a person versus who they are in their body. Um, I think that was another thing that I really struggled with is being able to see who Jasmine was as like an entity and as like a spirit and as just a person outside of the body that I carry around every day and that like your thoughts are completely independent from the way that your leg moves. Like, <laughs> no, but like that ass. like That's true. The way that like you process information, the jokes that you tell that are hella funny, the quirky information that you have about the like fish documentary that you and your cat were watching, that was very specific to myself, <laughs> <laughs> is completely independent from the health of your body. Yeah. Loki, I asked Camille this like a few weeks ago. I was like, Camille, if I had cancer, would you still like me? And yeah. she was like, yeah. And even though that seemed like a basic question, it was like really important to me to recognize like, Jasmine, your body does not define you as a person or you as a woman. And so NARPs live in their bodies by making the distinction between the two who they are Mm -hmm. as a person and what their body looks like.
0: And again, like, I don't know if we said it already, but your body wants to work for you just That's like how you get a scab and then you can look down in a couple hours and see your body healing itself like you don't have to tell it to heal it you don't gotta yell at it like <laughs> it's it, doing it's best it, right it's gonna do it in the time that it takes for everything to fix itself so if your mind is in the frame of like you wanna get healthy you wanna get better your body will work with you to fulfill that goal just give it time to do so so in
1: closing before you guys you know let us, before we let you go rather unclench your jaw put your hoodie on don't join the gym if you're not gonna go (laughs) don't waste your money Correct. and um, order the salad yeah, order the salad drink three extra glasses of water that you don't think that you need Mm -hmm. and um, we look forward to hearing you guys or you hearing us rather next week see you next time